Welcome back, guys, to another episode of On The Bat Bar, and this is a special crossover episode with Talk Tales, the podcast. So I co-hosted this episode along with Shana from Talk Tales. She's a great host, and she has an amazing show, which has been going for a while. So she's a true pro in the podcasting world. So this episode is quite fun because it's mainly about me and her and our entry into the industry of bartending. So we talk a lot about what we got up to when we first started, up to the award-winning cocktails we did, to us now podcasting. So it's a super fun episode and I think you're going to enjoy it. So a little bit about me I think is quite interesting, you're going to find out, is that I actually do this full-time as a job. I basically I'm the founder of Gastronomer Lifestyle, which is a platform showcasing food and drink around the world. So I'm a food and drink tourism advocate. Uh, I essentially teach people how to be a gastronomer. And I guess what a gastronomer is, the best way to explain it, is a person who travels to a place to get a sense of place through taste. So the website itself has city guides. We tell you where to get the best street food, the best coffee, even the best cocktail. And it's all a free resource. You have all this amazing information in the palm of your hand. Uh, On top of this, we've got the podcast where I interview, obviously, industry leaders and experts every week on Monday. And there's a lot of other stuff. So, for instance, I just wrote an article on Namprik, which is a really famous Thai dish, like a dipping sauce, very spicy. But basically, the main point I'm trying to say is all this information is free. My full-time job is as a content creator. I do this because I love it. Food and drink is my passion. And I want to showcase it around the world. So, you know, I think this episode, you're going to learn a little bit more about why I started this, why I decided to anyway, a bit about my career in bartending, which has spanned about 10 years now, and a bit about why I love what I do. So I really hope you enjoy this episode to learn a bit about me and about Shana and her podcast, because like I said, she's been going quite a while now, about 72 episodes in, and it's very fun, really engaging, and I think you'll like it too. So yeah, basically guys, enjoy, please subscribe, uh, hit us up on Instagram, Patreon, Facebook, everything like that, you know, connect, share, and also big up to my Russian listeners because we hit the number 10 in food and drink categories for podcasts, which is so cool. And yeah, that's it. Ciao, ciao. On the back bar, this is Christopher Menning. Hello and welcome to Talk Tales. Hi, thank you. Welcome to On the Bag Bar. This is great, isn't it? How exciting. <laughs> this is crazy. This is like a dual episode. I don't uh-huh. I d- wasn't sure how this is going to go. But I say let's do some introductions just like right away, right? Let's do it. Fantastic. You you please. I, I you know <laughs> Sure thing. You can, start, you can start the introductions. Well, this is the first time I've kind of actually been a guest, so this is quite nerve-wracking. I'm usually the person asking <laughs> the questions, but but um, no, this is great. I'm Chris. I host On The Back Bar. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, we obviously both do bartending podcast, and yeah, I think this is going to be really good. It's going to be great to chat about me and to hear about you, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm actually in Bangkok right now. Um, it's eight in the morning. I've got my coffee in my llama cup, so I'm quite happy to go ahead. And uh, yeah, like I said, very excited. Is there anything else in that coffee? No, not yet. No. <laughs> it's still a bit too Eight early. in the morning. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, I am Shauna. I'm Shauna Race, uh, host of Talk Tales, the podcast. And you know what? I'm in Los Angeles and it is six o'clock in the evening 
the day before. <laughs> yeah, we were mind blown about this, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, time is a crazy thing for mm-hmm. sure. And I am currently drinking my happy hour drink, which is rose, baby. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. There's still time for you and your rosé today. Uh-huh. I'm going to wrap it up at, you know, at some point in the next couple hours. So we'll be feeling pretty good here. Great. Well, Shana, I usually ask my guests uh, to tell me a bit about themselves and how they got into the industry. So could we start with that and maybe hear about the podcast and how you started that? Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, Okay. So, I mean, I have a very long story about my years in the industry because it's been many, 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 many years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But no, I'm not going to, I don't need to get too far into details about this, but but I mean, it's kind of a fun way I got into bartending. I basically was wanting to become a bartender. I'd never really wanted to do anything else. Uh, I was always in kind of performance arts when I was younger. Uh, but then when I turned 21, I knew I wanted to bartend. I didn't go to college. I didn't do anything like that. I never have ever had desire to. Uh, I, I always wanted to do like creative like work. And so I tried to get a bartending job in Santa Cruz where I grew up. But those bartenders don't get rid of their jobs. Those are valuable jobs. And uh, th- some of those bartenders have been at the same job for 45 years in that in that town. So wow. I couldn't ever get into it there. But I ended up moving to Baltimore, Maryland, and I started hanging out at this kind of neighborhood dive bar. And I wanted a bartend. So I tried to get a job at that bar, but they didn't want to hire me because of my tattoos, apparently. Really? Wow. <laughs> I know. It was really weird. I didn't under really understand. But, um, but fast forward, like later that night after trying to get a job at that bar... These two girls were sitting at the end of the bar and I didn't have any friends yet in Baltimore. I'd only been there about two weeks. And so I was like, shit, man, I got to make some friends. And so I like was sitting with my roommate and I was like, let's do a shot. I'm going to get some liquid courage and go ask those girls to be my friend. (laughs) And so I was like, I went, I took a shot with my roommate and then I walked over to these two girls who kind of look like, I mean, visually like people I would probably get along with. And uh, so I I walked up, I kind of tapped him on the shoulder and I was like, Hey, uh, this is going to sound pretty weird, but I just moved to town and I don't have any friends. You guys want to hang out? <laughs> and so they thought I was weird for sure. But um, but then I found out that through the course of the night, they let me hang out. And so then through the course of hanging out, I found out they both bartended at a bar up the street. And I told them, I was like, I actually just tried to get a job at this bar and they didn't like my tattoos. So they didn't hire me. And uh, so they're like, well, dude, they probably didn't say dude, but they were like, you know, lady or whatever. They're like, the bar we work at, there's a girl being fired like tomorrow. So you should just come in with your resume and try to get the job and just drop it off because she's, she's getting canned. And I was like, whoa, you're kidding me. Like, that's awesome. So that's what I did. I, I got up early, washed my hair and then had my resume ready. And I, I, drove over to the bar and I handed it to uh, to the bartender who was the girl I was talking to the night before and she's like dude keep this on the DL right now that girl is getting fired is like seriously like two seats down just like chill out you know be quiet you know don't say anything (laughs) and I was like okay no problem so I was like thanks for the tip and I like left and then 20 minutes later I get a call from the manager and they're like hey uh you want to can you come back can you come back in like a half hour and do an interview and I was like 
uh, sh- sure, yeah, no problem. So, you know, I got dressed up nice again, you know, made sure I looked good and uh, went in there and I was like, uh, you know, had an interview. And at the end of the interview, the manager's like, can you start tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> And so I started the next day, the next morning at 11 o'clock and Meg, uh, shout out to Meg, who's also a uh, high school teacher in Baltimore. She was my bartender teacher that day. And I trained with her all day that day and then started bartending. And I, I had one day of training. She taught me how to free pour because at that point there wasn't really any, you know, measuring with jiggers or it wasn't craft cocktails necessarily sure, yet. Yeah. Uh, or it was kind of just starting, you know, the beginnings of all that. And so, you know, I learned how to free pour my count, which is one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000, which is two ounces, you know. And I could get a perfect pour every freaking time. And I took it very seriously and very creatively. And then I, oh, the old timers, they were the best, dude. Like they, uh, they, they really taught me how to bartend because if you've ever bartended at an old timer bar, they really teach you, um, like they're really difficult. They want their drinks when they want them, the way they want them. And if you can't execute them, then you are going to fail your job. So it was a good, really good lesson in learning. For sure. And then, you know, spun out control, did wine bars, cocktail bars, cocktail programs, award award winning cocktails, that kind of stuff. Uh, no podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and what about the podcast? What what um inspired you to start that? Oh, um well, pra- basically just uh I, I got really antsy in the bar world mm. and I needed another creative outlet. Because uh, I think I think anyone who's been bartending for a very very long time in this industry, at some point, just needs something else, you know. And I don't I don't say this in a bad way. I I, I think you learn so much, but it's it's really takes a toll, you know, mentally, physically, um, the late hours, the yeah, lack sure. of the lack of eating, the 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 verbal abuse sometimes, you know, like there's just things that like, you know, take its toll. But if you're actively doing creative work, it's easy to brush that kind of stuff off, you know. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time creating cocktails for me was that was an enough creative like work and it was rewarding enough for me that like easily I could brush the other stuff off. It wasn't hard, but when it, when it started becoming harder and harder mentally to brush that stuff off, I knew I needed to do something a little different and put my creative like uh, claws into something else. So ultimately I had to like start analyzing what I wanted to do. I just realized I like know a lot about alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I just kind of like it was kind of a natural progression and it and uh-huh. the the epiphany uh, the epiphany, epiphany came yep. <laughs> came over a ginormous margarita the size of my head sitting with my pal at a at a nice family style Mexican restaurant in Los Angeles. When all great ideas start. Dude, I'm telling you margaritas save lives or I don't know if that's true. <laughs> 
<laughs> but enough about me and our my beginnings. Let's get into you, Christopher. Do you like do you go Christopher or do you do Chris? Chris, yeah. My my mum and my girlfriend call me Christopher. That's okay. uh, that's the thing. <laughs> so, yeah, All right. Well, I'll stay away, I'll stay away from that one. Sure. Uh, sure. I'll let them. Ha- I'll let them keep that to themselves. So, Chris, what is your humble beginnings? Because you got all kinds of stuff going on with, with in your world over there yeah, in sure. Bangkok. Okay, real quick, is it Bangkok? Is it my? Am I saying that right? Bangkok. Bangkok. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I kind of fell into hospitality, which I think a lot of people tend to do. And it sort of started working in pubs and bars, uh, student pubs, putting pints. And it was sort of that point where it was, you know, more that friendship aspect and meeting people all the time, getting drunk after work. And I kind of loved it. But it wasn't really the passion until I ended up in Brighton. I went to university there to study hospitality management because I think oh, by cool. that point it had been four years and it was like, well, I'm in it this long. I've got to kind of, you know, step it up a bit. And I ended up working in a bar called Shuffle Bar. And Shuffle was a flair bar focused on classic cocktails. And uh, it kind of blew my mind, really, because it was my first entrance into the cocktail world. And uh, Paul, the guy who still owns it, great guy, taught me a lot. Um, It was one of those bars where we had 120 recipes to learn. We had to know them all off our head. You know, it was was crazy. So we'd be doing... 20 mojitos at a time you know they'd be like 15 espresso martinis in the order um it was really mad and it kind of like made me learn very fast so my classic cocktail knowledge was down um, my flaring was is still terrible today um i was dropping a lot of bottles breaking a lot of hands <laughs> so i kind of gave up on that point and uh, i ended up going into the world of hotel bars and uh, I was asked by a guy called Ben Manchester, who was the bar manager at Hotel Devan in Brighton, to come along for a trial. And I loved it. Like the hotel bar at the time when I joined, it was a, a really weird shape. It was kind of like a, a kind of half crescent moon shape, awkward to work on, but it had an incredible bat bar. There was about a thousand spirits and my knowledge, it was just like, wow. There, there's this much spirits in the world and sort of every day I'll be picking up a new whiskey a new cognac and just learning about it and from there my product knowledge just grew and grew and grew and I think my appetite for for the craft cocktail world started then so that was really fun um, I was there for a couple of years did a couple of competitions uh only won one and uh that, that's oh which one well I won um so Isabel Regina is a Spanish brandy and uh they had this great competition and uh, had got to London it was, you kind of had to do a cocktail themes alongside a song. So I think mine was a Led Zeppelin song. I can't remember the time, but yeah, that was great. I won the UK heats and I got invited hey. to in Spain when I make sherry. Uh, I think it was like a couple of weeks later. I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm buzzed. This is going to be great. Uh, the sad thing is though, and I've learned this is a really good tip. If you ever get asked to travel for a competition, bring bubble wrap. It will say because <laughs> I ended up. I'm like, curious now. Yeah, I was super excited. I was like, "Yeah, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna win." I packed all my glassware, all my bottles, and a suitcase. I'm traveling over. You know, six in the morning, we're drinking Guinness in the airport, and um, yeah, I, I got to the hotel, opened my bag, and all my glassware broke. Uh, my oh. chestnut liqueur had spilled everywhere, and I was like, "Oh no, this is the end." <laughs> so, oh my god! Yeah, so always bring bubble wrap is what I recommend. One time I smuggled dry ice onto the plane. <laughs> no way. How did you get away with that? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so so that was kind of the end of my, my competition world um, after that. 
but uh, basically around 2016, um, I finished my degree. I did a di- another good degree. It was in business management. And I got asked by Gravetime Manor to come along and help the bar. And Gravetime Manor is a 15th century manor house in Sussex. It was built in 1598. It's a really old building. And the Holy YouTube- moly. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's in the middle of Ashdown Forest, which is where Winnie the Pooh was based. He's written that. Oh, so, okay, yeah. Every, everyone listening's just heart just like melted just yeah. now. We went to uh, the bridge where they threw their sticks off and stuff, you know, so that was cool. But so, yeah, um, they asked me to come along and they just got their mission star at the restaurant under George Blog. And they wanted someone to to bring the bar up, basically. And I sort of came in, uh, loved what they were doing. The bar was, um, there, there really wasn't a bar, to be honest. It was like a tiny sort of corner in the hotel. Uh, they didn't really have anything going on. No cocktails. Um, the two bar staff couldn't speak English. So that was very difficult at first. Um, actually, the, the guy who worked there, Andy, French guy, I, he became a very good friend. I taught him a lot of English. But the tough thing is with Gravetie is that a lot of their clientele had been going for about 40, 50 years. And they were sort of, you know, mostly retired. They, they had their set ways of how they love things, very traditional. And a lot of the people there at Grave Tie said cocktails weren't going to work because it was the wrong generation, you know. Mm-hmm. So the thing was trying to figure out how do we engage the clientele already there, yet still bring in this new cool cocktails, you know, the whole craft cocktail movement to bring in a new crowd. So just call everything a godfather. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we end up doing, because Gravetie is uh, it's a very special place if anyone goes. It's, it's very tied to family. There's a really long history. Um, and that's what we tried to do. So the cocktail ended up being a sort of storybook. Oh, we had, again, uh, heart yeah, melting. <laughs> we had 10 cocktails, and each cocktail was based on a part of the hotel. And we had a really famous illustrator. She drew like uh, illustrations for each one. So we had one for the flower garden, because Gravetie actually – like so in the middle of the forest and uh, we had this beautiful flower garden every year there was like 10,000 tulips bloom in spring they had this one acre ward kitchen garden uh, where all the produce was used for for the chef and for me so we were really trying to bring that in so we had uh, the flower garden the vegetable garden we had um, the smokehouse all these different things and actually it, it engaged people really well because they love the storytelling aspect we were still doing crazy fat washing infusions everything like that but but the guests actually saw past that they just saw the story so Aww. it worked really well and um, that menu ended up going to imbibe drinks this the year we didn't win we were shortlisted for avant-garde cocktail menu so that was enough and then basically uh, it came to a point where grave tie they had a bit of money behind them and they wanted to renovate the restaurant and it was this huge project, and they're like, well, it's going to take four months. We can't open a hotel, so you guys are going to have to do something else. They were really good because they actually still paid us uh, during this period, which for a lot of people, that just wouldn't happen. So I'm really thankful then. So I did what anyone did. I just bought a one-way ticket and went to Asia. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of fell in love, and I started in Singapore, did uh, Bangkok, Vietnam, traveled around for a bit and uh oh i i've been to vietnam and yeah. i almost didn't want to leave i was like i got i had like five bartending uh like job offers while i was there i was like wow i'm pretty sure i'm just gonna stay here it's it's great yeah for anyone who hasn't been it's an incredible place and it's sort of coming into its own shell now but 
but basically when I went back to grave type the opening and um, I was there for a little bit longer and I realized this is just not all I want to do. And at the time I was living on site. So oh, wow. there were about 20 of us living on site next to the hotel in the middle of the forest. So you want to go to the next town. It's like a 40 minute drive and the bar's close to 10 PM. So there's no life. And uh, yeah, that was it. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go back traveling. So I did. I handed in my notice a couple of months after that, went straight back to Bangkok. And I'm back. No kidding. Oh my gosh. So Bangkok was that out of all the Asian travel you did, that was the one that really sat yeah, like yeah, good for yeah, you. For sure. It's strange because a lot of people that come to Thailand, what they'll do is they'll come here, they'll go to a place called Khao San Road, which I don't know if you know, but it's like the backpackers mecca. Um, and they'll, okay. they'll go there for one night and then they'll like just go down to the south to the islands or Chiang Mai in the mountains. And I didn't do that. I actually stayed in Bangkok and I was like, oh, I'm going to check it out. And I stayed for a week and I was like, oh my God, this place is incredible. Like it's just a melting pot of cultures and it's like, there's so much chaos, but it's enough chaos to kind of like be comfortable in. And yeah, I just realized this is where I want to be. So, okay. That brings me to my next question for you. I'm just going to roll into it. Go to, go for, yeah. <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich? Huh? Is a hot, is a hot dog a sandwich? Technically, yeah, because, well, actually, no, because if you think of the hot dog bun, you're not, it's not two pieces of bread, is it? So I think when you sandwich something together, it, you have to have two separate entities of bread. Does that make sense? I get that, but now <laughs> was, that, was that what you wanted? <laughs> I mean, it's I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied okay. now. But I, what I'm really curious about is how is a hot dog prepared in Thailand? Oh, is there a specific way? Not really. No, they the hot dogs aren't a big thing here. No, I mean, no hot dog. No, not really. If you go to Vietnam, they have a thing called bun mi, which I guess is an equivalent. And bun mi is like. Um, a French baguette filled with like meat, pate, and, and loads of cheese and shit like that. So that's fucking delicious. But um, yeah, Bangkok. Sorry, no. you might. I might have sidelined you on that one. It, it's a cocktails like, like old school question. You oh, know, it is? you gotta know. Yeah, and I thought it'd be fun to ask you because you're living in a different part of the world, and if a hot dog is relevant or not. <laughs> <laughs> no it's not I'm, I'm in completely different like <laughs> different cultures so sorry about that <laughs> oh i'm totally satisfied i'm it's all good good not everyone needs a hot dog <laughs> no but we have lots of other food you know and um, i think that's one of the reasons that's kept me here because uh, the food and drink culture in, in thailand is just insane it really is you know thailand bangkok is like you have a lot of New York. You have all these amazing skyscrapers, these super mega stores, which you just get lost in in the shopping. And then when you come down to street level, there's all the street food. And you can buy chicken rice for like 50 cents. You know, It's amazing. Mm, that's why so, I like. I love that. I love that. Oh, I want to. So I'm going to obviously I'm going to really focus on this whole like other side of the world situation that we're doing. You're the first person I've ever interviewed oh, um, that is <laughs> a day away from us. <laughs> sure. Um, I want to like, li- I want to hear kind of what the difference in the hospitality world is in Bangkok comparatively to like maybe, you know, the States or, you know, mm. Europe in different areas. Cause I, I know with my, some of my travels, like going to Vietnam and stuff, there was obviously a importing difference. Like, you know, 
funny enough, like uh, there was certain brands that I would never expect to see like on every single bar, but they were sitting there, you know, but then there were there was lacking of a lot of other things just because of importing issues such as like agave spirits and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also culturally, I'm sure there's some really cool cultural like um like cheers and like different things that people do like in a bar aspect or you know restaurant aspect that is maybe different than you know what we're used to in let's say Los Angeles where I'm at okay sure yeah I mean Asia um I don't know if if you know but Asia's just really exploded in terms of hospitality it's it's kind of like caught up to the rest of the world and gone further. So we recently just had the Asia 50 Best Bar Awards. And, you know, some of the bars here are just insane. You take Atlas Bar in Singapore. How it's not a hotel bar, I don't know. But you walk in and it's like gold gilded everywhere. They have this massive gin tower with a thousand gins on. Um, it, it's insane. But Bangkok especially, they've kind of taken things to another level. You know, you go to a lot of these bars and, and the service and hospitality is just insane. But the thing is quite nice about Thailand is, you know, like I said, there's this big difference in culture. You have the sort of the fine dining and skyscrapers. And then on the ground floor, you have all this sort of street food stuff. But uh, drinking culture is, is not so big in Thailand. So a lot of the bars are hidden. So Liberation, for instance, you'll have to go through a Vietnamese restaurant up an elevator. And on the fifth floor, you'll find this amazing swanky bar with this beautiful marble top so there's a lot of that you know it's kind of like hidden i guess because in thai culture it's higher everything's higher yeah absolutely yeah and thai culture they're, they're not big on drinking because there's a big buddhist uh, community here um and even recently this this year they put the alcohol ban in for a month um because of the lockdown so that was that was tough mm. but wow um, yeah yeah so there's that sort of difference there you know so a lot of the bars are kind of behind the scenes but then when you get into it, you see they're actually doing amazing stuff. Uh, Liberation had just mentioned they have their own laboratory. So they've got a road of that machine. Uh, they do sous vide. They do this amazing cocktail. So Cha-Cha, who is on my podcast, she's there. And she does this amazing water bug infusion. And water bug. You, you know, say water bug? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, water bug. And what <laughs> she says, it's crazy that the infusion they get from it is like uh, it comes out acidic, but pineapple peach notes, everything like that. Can you, for cocktails, like we always like to break things down a little bit more in depth because we, you know, we want, we have listeners that aren't, aren't bartenders too. Can you cut? And also, I don't know what the hell you're talking about because <laughs> I've never heard of a water bug infusion. And I don't even actually necessarily know what a water bug is. Yeah. Water bug is very strange. It's, uh, you're going to hate this, but it's actually like a, an, a giant oriental cockroach in a way. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. There is a difference for sure, but um, they're kind of aquatic bugs that live over here, and they're, they're very large. You know, they they can grow to about the size of your hand, I guess. But wow, um, what they use is a sous vide machine, and what sous vide is is cooking under a constant temperature in a water bath. And uh, what you usually do is sort of you leave in a vacuum bag uh, a spirit with another flavor, and you'll cook it for say six hours at you know a certain temperature. And what will happen is um, under heat, the flavors will be extracted a lot better than a cold infusion. And that just creates like a whole other level. So, you know, it's it's crazy because they use a lot of different bugs. And I think bugs are quite a big part of culture over here. If you go to Kaosan Road, they'll feed you scorpions or, you know, <laughs> spiders on a stick. But actually, the flavors you get are, are surprisingly crazy. 
Um, they're using queen ants for one of their cocktails. And it's, Holy moly. It's almost like eating peanut butter in a way. Peanut butter and popcorn. Huh. That's what it tastes like. So yeah. Okay. All cool. right. <laughs> we do crickets uh, at Oaxacan restaurants here. And I always compare them to popcorn too. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's kind of... The cool thing about Thailand, you've got all these like sort of hidden bars, but I really do think they've they've kind of stepped it up. So, I mean, I'm from uh, Brighton, which is near London in the UK. So I'm used to all these, you know, amazing hotel bars like the Savoy, the Connell, have been around for, you know, decades. Um, but I think Thailand, the bar scene is just, they've gone above and beyond because a lot of the, the people here, these bartenders have just started, but their knowledge has just exponentially grown because they've been accustomed to this. You know, Singapore really led the way. Companies like Proof and Company, which really helped the import actually uh, bring the amazing spirits here and bring this knowledge. So now, yeah, the the bar wave here is just, I think it's better than the States and the UK. I really do. So you think it went a bug and beyond? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a bug and beyond for sure. <laughs> I should mention as well, it's just a liberation to do that. You won't find that in any other bars. But, so yeah, no. <laughs> I've never heard of, of a water bug being in a cocktail. Yeah, it blew my mind, but it, it tastes great. <laughs> do, the, do people, is that something people eat norm? Like the water bug, they like eat it? In, oh, not at all. No, normal? even Thai people are going, what the hell? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? But I think that's no great. About, yeah, but that's what's great about um, liberation. And Gove, who is the head bartender there, he he's a... Uh, world-class bartender for thailand so he really knows what he's talking about um and he just huh. he's he's really into it you know and like i said they've got this laboratory so it's great if people in thailand go check out liberation for sure i got it i'm buying a plane ticket right now i don't know if they'll let me on but i'm blank i'm gonna buy the ticket do it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that's great and i'm sort of i'm you know, involved in all this sort of bar culture and community. And they just had their uh, first uh, bar expo, I guess you could say. Um, so celebrating the bar community here last year. They were going to do it this year, but I think it's been moved to October because of recent events. And um, so basically, yeah, I'm, I'm involved in that a lot. I do a lot of writing about blogging and I've obviously got my podcast. So I kind of, yeah, it's great. I'm kind of in the middle of bartending still without being behind the stick. So it's good. Yeah, I'd say probably as like me, it's like you enjoy the world, the the encompassing world of the of hospitality and, it, and how it ties all together and doing these kind of side hustles really keep you moving on them, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, my full time job now is the podcast and my website, so that that takes up all my time. But what was great about the podcast is. I, I spent a lot of career meeting all these amazing people, you know, and uh, these distillers, famous bartenders. And I'd be like just hearing a story go, fuck, these guys are incredible. Like, <laughs> I should be sharing yep. the story. <laughs> like, more people need to hear you talking. And that was kind of the, the inspiration behind it. So the podcast, um, we have all these amazing guests on. Um, you know, it's arranged from world-class bartenders to distillers, sommeliers, all with amazing stories, you know. So that's quite cool. Yeah, you have some incredible guests that you've had on your podcast. Yeah. How long have you been doing your podcast? Uh, I started in December. So, you know, I'm still in a new show and it's it's gradually going there. We've got a really nice audience, I think. But yeah, what's nice is a lot of these people I kind of knew already. And uh, I just kind of reached out and, hey, I'm, I'm doing a show. Can you talk to me for an hour? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> so most recently we had um, Caroline Rosen, president of Tales of the Cocktail. That was quite cool. Mm-hmm. We've had Nico DeSolo on, uh, that was episode three. Martin Hudak, who's the global coffee ambassador for Mr. Black's. He was a really inspiring guy. But what's nice is a lot of these people just, they really love to just tell their story. 
and it doesn't have to be just about uh, the bar world. You know, we have um, this amazing kind of way of like personal branding or just talking about people on how to get into the industry, you know. So there's oh, a, lot of, sure. a lot of knowledge in there, which I think people will find useful that isn't always related to bar world, but will help you get into it, you know. Yeah, for sure. I hear that. So what about your podcast? Like, tell me a bit more about the shows you do and sort of some of the people you've had on. So Talk Tales, I think, is a little different um, when it comes to the, like, bartender podcast. Um, and it's meant to be that way. We, we design it that way. And it started off from an old, old, old idea I had a long, long time ago, probably like 13 years ago. I was, again, like you said earlier, like talking to bartenders, when you get them talking, you start getting some really crazy, cool stories out of them. And like, I've always been really fascinated with those stories, probably because I am a bartender. But even before I was a bartender, just going to bars and sitting and talking to bartenders, especially old timer bartenders, bartenders that have been doing it for a long time. They have stories. They've seen stuff. They've dealt with stuff and they're good bad crazy gross like i mean they're everything you can ever think of that somebody can deal with in their life bartenders have dealt with it you know Mm -hmm. and so a long long time ago i before podcasts before the in no no the internet was around (laughs) uh maybe like cell phones were like newer or something uh i don't even know if i had a cell phone actually but I was like, I want to document these stories. And originally I wanted to document them in a book form, which I might still do. And I wanted to just like write these stories down and like compile them and compile them and compile them. And, but the problem was I'm not a good, I'm not good at writing. (laughs) My hands cramp cramp up really easily. Like (laughs) it's like, I'm not great at, you know, writing is not my thing. Um, but I always had that idea in the back of my head for a long, long, long time. And so when the podcast thing came around, that's where that fit in really well. And so Talk Tales is a bartender storytelling podcast. and But we kind of do some weird stuff too, where we live in Los, you know, we are located in Los Angeles and a lot of our peers and our friends in the bar industry and in the restaurant industry, guess what? They're actors, you know, and they're comedians and they're artists and they're musicians. And they're all uh, so a huge melting pot of very creative minded people. And so when I was kind of designing the outline for the show, I I wanted to incorporate that. And because it's it's a part of our bar industry here, if you like it or not, it is. That's what it is. Some people get annoyed with it because like a lot of people are always trying to get their shifts covered. Me, I think it's great because then I get a lot of extra shifts. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it just depends on your own mentality on the whole thing. But so, yeah, I wanted to incorporate the, the entertainment side of everything. And so how we decided to incorporate that was to incorporate silly characters from our friends who do comedy and improv and and act and you know it it basically is turned like turned into this like whole thing of creating these weird characters of like mr martini and like olive the bar olive who just really wants to be put into a martini like you know like these weird things that like do they matter no not at all does it make us happy Absolutely. Right. <laughs> you know, and then I, I've been able to really 
tap into like kind of my performance art stuff when I was younger through it too, where I write all the, the theme songs for the characters and then, you know, get an improv through that, that segment of the show and stuff. And since quarantine, we haven't really been able to in, like incorporate that weird oddball, like comedic side of the show. Mm-hmm. And luckily we still have, you know, be able to record on a Zencaster or Zoom, all these different things. So we could still record to have these great conversations, especially like with people across the world. Um, but sure. we've definitely, for, through the episodes we've done since quarantine, um, we've definitely had to change the the format a little bit, which that's, that's great. I mean, I'm all about change. I love it. I'm not afraid of change. I like doing cool stuff. And I like, no matter if you're doing active, like cool, creative work, even if it changes, it becomes something new and amazing, you know, and uh, that's how I feel about like these interviews. And I'm just really, I feel really lucky that I have this podcast to be able to connect with people. I'm connecting with people more now. I feel like than when I I was just interviewing people in just in my bars around Los Angeles, all all over the world, you know, Lauren Lauren Moat, who is the global cocktailian for Diageo. Uh, I was really nervous because, like, I've looked up to her for a long time. She's been in the industry for a long, long time, you know, nearly a quarter of a century. So I get on a show, we're talking away, and then halfway through, she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, oh, do you want to see my wedding photos? And she just got so personal. Uh, By the end, it was like an hour and a bit, and I was like, we should probably wrap up. She was like, I could have talked for hours with you. So we're we're quite good friends now after that. So, yeah. That's so awesome. It's really good. For people who haven't listened to your show yet, what's the one episode you recommend to listen to first? Oh, God. Uh, or should we start from the beginning and kind of go from there? Okay, yeah, I think that's a tough one because I think at this point we're at like 70-something episodes. Wow, so, it's lot. yeah, there's a few that are like, they're all really cool. I, I would just choose off a title, whatever title sounds interesting because I always quote. You? Yeah, and I always quote the guests like uh, something they say in in the episodes. It was it was a big learning curve for us because when we started like over three years ago, I didn't know what we were doing. Like I had no idea, so it was very much um, figuring it out. So if you do start with like the first episode, uh, all apologies to you because the audio quality is quite bad. I've definitely seen a progression from my first episode to now. It's like a steady, yeah. <laughs> steep slope, you know? So yeah, I get it. Yeah. And then we, you know, we, we'd learned along the way is like, don't over drink during episodes and, mm-hmm. you know, get, get your qu- audio quality is very important for people listening. So, you know, we, we've learned and I think our, our path has like gotten much clearer and everything's like ironed out. Like we're so chill now. It's like Tuesdays is, let's do the podcast. Everything's awesome. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a well-oiled machine, as I say. And I just feel stoked to be able to do it. It's, it's important to me to be able to do this podcast, especially during right now. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not bartending, but I am doing a million side hustles and I swear to God, I'm pretty sure my parents put in my birth certificate somewhere that, side hustle is my middle name because <laughs> i cannot stop it's like a curse almost i can't even deal that's great. like now yeah now it's uh, i i do want to do a little quick plug my uh sure, sure. my team my cocktails team we're doing party packs now 
So we got bored of not making drinks for people. Uh, so we're doing all the weather here in Los Angeles is like great now. So we're doing putting together little packs of park party packs. So if you're going to the park or on a hiking trail and you want to put a blanket out or even the beach, we have these really cool cocktail pouches that we're uh, they're like Capri Sun pouches, basically, with paper it. straws. And they're super like. Uh, sanitary, COVID-free, you know, and like you get to put the straw in the drink yourself and like no hands are touching anything. And we're doing like sandwiches and crazy cool jello shots. We got a Katahio jello shot, Aperol Spritz jello shot, mimosa nice. jello shot. Yes. Yeah, we don't do jello normal shots are things. So <laughs> I know. Like, I know. We're totally like retroing it up, but way fancier. So how do we and get all of these party packs? Oh, uh, go so basically, if the liquor board's listening, plug your ears. But <laughs> if you're if you're just an ordinary citizen of Los Angeles, then you could go on cocktailsthepodcast dot com backslash cocktails and the menus on there and then you just there's a, a contact form and then just email your order to the cocktails email and I'll respond with instructions of pickup or delivery and how to do payment. It's all suggested donations. So I'm not selling you any alcohol. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> There's a loophole there. <laughs> yep. But they're really good. We, I just sold, we just sold our first par- uh, couple party packs today, and cool. and uh, the, they were having a good old time in the park. Uh, and they said the Jello shots were were the biggest hit ever. So boom. <laughs> Fantastic. So I you you know we we're talking about on the back bar your podcast mm-hmm. obviously everyone's listening to it right now I hope so but you also <laughs> do a website um gastronomerlifestyle.com right That's right yeah yeah that's um a project I've been working on for about 4 years now which started as like an idea in uni I was like oh that'd be kind of cool and it's kind of exploded to now so as of yesterday I completely changed the website there's like a whole new design and essentially what it is, is a food and drink guide. If you come over to Thailand or Vietnam, you can open it up with your phone, find out what the best street food is, the best coffee, uh, the best cocktail bar. It's pretty much like that. So, yeah, it's really cool. We've got a lot of good content. So uh, the podcast is obviously on there. Uh, we do a lot of like spirit reviews, cocktail recipes. So, yeah, it's, if you're a foodie and you love drinks, it's a great website. Um, and then how do you compile the list that uh, people can, you know, as a resource? What is it your yeah. own personal Absolutely. experiences? Yeah, yeah. I go to each and every single one. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, you know, the problem I had is when I first came over to Asia, I was looking for advice on where to go and eat drink. Because you know? I'm a foodie. I love food and drink. You know? That's why I, I literally plan everything around what I'm eating or drinking. <laughs> so I found out the information just wasn't that good. Like um, Lonely Planet, I love their guidebooks. They're great. But when you get to the back, the food and drink section, there's just not enough content. And I swear to God, the guy who was writing it, he just he must love mojitos because it doesn't matter what country you're in. Every bar is like, oh, they make a good mojito. Oh, this bar makes a good mojito. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Um, and then you go online and you know you check Google and it'd be like, oh, this is a really good restaurant. Go here. You go. It's been close for two years because uh, no one's checking or updating. And then you check on like kind of review sites and you find out a lot of it's actually just paid promotion. And the person who's writing it just has not been to the venue. So I felt there's a big gap here. I felt like something, I needed to create something a bit more trustworthy, a bit more tangible. 
And that's kind of where we are now. So, you know, I've obviously got my background a uh, decade in hospitality. So I understand good food and drink. I've worked in mission style restaurants and also in, in pubs. So I kind of, I've seen the whole spectrum. So what we're doing is it's all about positive promotion. We want to share these amazing people who are cooking chicken rice on a corner, but also the amazing cocktail bar making these incredible infusions on the 65th floor of this skyscraper, you know, so it's good. Incredible. Um, you're, with uh you started as a bartender and i know that this is a shared episode but this still has some talk tales to be told uh you got a story yeah i mean i've got a ton of story there's one that sticks out and um i mean so this is the time when i was at hotel divan the bar with all the spirits uh like a thousand bottles and we had some crazy stuff like there was like cognacs you know from well like hennessy parody imperial is what I'm going to talk about. So obviously, as you know, it's a beautiful bottle. It costs a fortune. It's like uh, over a thousand pounds. And um, this guy came in. Uh, he was with his girlfriend. And he's like, oh, I want a Hennessy and Coke. So I'm like, okay, sure. So I go for normal VSOP, bottle of Coke. And he's like, no, 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 no. That, that one points to the power. Oh, my God. Like, oh, God, he's not going to do what I think, is he? So I bring it down. It, you know, it, it was quite a high bar at the time. So when you bring it down, you're like, shit, I'm not going to drop it. <laughs> so I pour the shot, I put it on the side, open the bottle of Coke, put it on the other side. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. he's like, great. And now, for reference, the bottle of Coke was three pounds. Uh, the shot was 150 pounds. Holy and moly. Sort of, he pays. And within two seconds, he's poured the whole Coke bottle into the shot of Hennessy. I almost cried. I really did. <laughs> so that was probably one of the most sacrilegious things I've seen. <laughs> I mean, I would I would be kind of like sad if he did like a coke back chaser. You know, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, that's a okay, fine. What a sure. you know, some training wheels. Okay, whatever. But like, throw the whole Coca Cola in literally, there. Literally, on a hundred and fifty pound cognac shot. I was just like, what the fuck. <laughs> Uh, more money than sense i've I've heard similar stories like that now i want to ask you would you rather have enough money to put a really premium spirit into coke and not give a shit or would you rather not have that much money and really care for the thing that you're sipping on oh yeah i I really care like you know because i've been around a lot of alcohol and it's sort of like my love and passion just fucking reading and writing about whiskey and shit like that so yeah i have a huge respect i really do especially because i meet these distillers and i hear about how much effort they put into it the craft and yeah yeah so i think respect for sure yeah i could never bring myself to ruin a good cognac no (laughs) yeah no that oh oh, i think now everyone's heart is breaking (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and uh i've been to cognac as well i've been to hennessy um with uh Jean-Michel Cachette, the global ambassador, who drinks like a fish, by the way. This guy is insane. He, this is another uh, tale. Basically, we went over to Chateau Becknelet because we we're having a tour of the distillery. So it's a beautiful mansion in the middle of Cognac. Uh, we stay, we had dinner with him. Um, he got us wasted. Like, <laughs> we, it was just like wine after wine, uh, having dinner with him. Then he's like, oh, so the Hennessy guys are going to this cocktail bar. You should go with them. So we're like, okay, fine. So we're like, Here drinking we with these guys. We're like, you know, fuck, we've got a, a tour, a distillery tour at 9 a.m. We should get back. So we get back at 2 a.m. to Chateau Bagnolet. Uh, we're like, oh, one more drink? Yeah, we can have one more drink. 
of course, when you're there, um, one more drink, they bring it over. It's a full bottle of Hennessy XO with a, a tray of ice. It's like, what the fuck? So <laughs> we're drinking half of this. It's four in the morning. Uh, we end up stumbling into bed. We, we wake up hungover as fuck. And he comes in the morning, uh, Jean-Michel Cochette, as bright as a daisy. He's like so fresh. He's like, cool, let's go try some cognac off the still. So, <laughs> and this is like, hair, that's just, yeah, serious hair on the dog. Absolutely. So we're like just trying to like drink this stuff. It was a great tour. But after that, he's like, let's go for lunch. So he takes us to lunch around this restaurant. He's like, okay, so we'll have four bottles of this white wine. Oh my God. No. Holy moly. It's insane. The guy drinks like a fish, but I think he's just done it all his life. So he knows how it's, to Yeah, it's like in his blood. Yeah. I he's mean, a machine. shoot. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> mm hmm. Do you want to play game time? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. So the game for this episode is called choose ones. So it's pretty, it's pretty easy. I just say two things and then you choose one. Sure. Got it. it, You got it. Did you get it? I think I got it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Here we go. Choose one. Nacho cheese or cheddar cheese? Oh, cheddar. I'm British, so. (laughs) (laughs) Old-fashioned or Manhattan? Old-fashioned. Vodka or gin? Ah, gin. Yeah, I'm a gin man. Shaken or stirred? Stirred. A wretched hangover or a two-week mild cold? Hangover. <laughs> yeah, I've learned hangover cures now. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I know you hung out at a at that uh, distillery. You're good. <laughs> uh huh. Um. Okay. A shot of Goldschlager or a shot of Hypnotic. Oh my god, Goldschlager! I haven't had that. In se- yeah, it's got to be Goldschlager. Christ, I used to love that stuff. That's like completely <laughs> left my mind. <laughs> I've not heard of the other one. It's golden. Okay, this one might be a little American, but. We'll we'll give it a shot. Okay. Go camping with Donald Trump or go camping with Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> oh man, really? You can't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go camping by myself. <laughs> yeah, that that's. Uh, I think maybe Trump just tell him how much of an idiot he is. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Everyone <laughs> needs to have a sit down with him. Yeah. Give him a good um, talking to. <laughs> six feet away. <laughs> yeah. Um, gluten-free or lactose intolerant? Uh, gluten-free because my mom is celiac. So uh, I, I've eaten gluten-free for a while. Oh, dang. Yeah. yeah. Um, Beatles or Elvis? Beatles. British. Yep. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> uh, needy bar guest? Or stinky, polite bar guest? Stinky, because you can always stand six feet away and throw the drinks <laughs> on the bar. <laughs> Especially now. right now. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's perfect. One. We're all wearing masks, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, five Ramos gin fizzes ordered all at once, or five Bloody Marys ordered separately after 10 o'clock at night? Oh, my God. <laughs> Killer. <laughs> um, I think the Ramos gin fizz. Yeah. Yeah. Deal, deal. All right. Rye or bourbon? Rye. Mezcal or tequila? Oh, mezcal. Mezcal, yeah. I love it. Highball or melon ball? What is a melon ball? (laughs) I've never heard of that. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of a melon ball. It's just like a ball, like, scooped out of a melon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go for that. That's kind of cool. Oh, sweet. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, Kumquats or 20 squats? 
Uh, 20 squats because I'm, I'm, I need to get back in the gym. So, yeah, yeah we're doing well, the squats. It's, quarantine, it's the quarantine 15. We're all getting it. It's yeah, cool. exactly. I'll be in shape soon. <laughs> all right. London dry or London wet? <laughs> it's always wet in London. So, yeah, London wet. <laughs> all right. Quarantine or maple bean? <laughs> <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> Uh, um, all right, cocktail enthusiast or Coors Light all night? Cocktail enthusiast. Coors Light we don't have in the UK. Really? No, no. But oh, that, that's the... Well, isn't that Coors sense. Light with the advert with Van Damme, yeah. right? Wait, Coors Light with Fanta? No, Van Damme, the, the actor, isn't he doing the, the advert for it? Oh, maybe. I don't yeah, know. I so. <laughs> all I know is the Rocky Mountains are... You know the cans... The beer's cold when the Rocky Mountains on the can go blue. Really? Yeah, the can that's has like color changing pretty cool stuff on. for a minute. I know. Yeah, okay. I know. Well, that makes sense. I don't know why a domestic like you know domestic light beer would be anywhere else, but mm-hmm. here. <laughs> um, and then finally, Insta Fame or Insta Lame? Insta Fame. Yeah, it's all about that Instagram game. <laughs> boom! 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 Yeah! <laughs> Thank you. What was my score? Did I do well? <laughs> Yeah, you like ninety eight percent. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And a hundred percent. Well done. Great. <laughs> so I think we'll wrap up soon. But for those who want to listen to your podcast, you've obviously got a website, which will be in the show notes. Uh, where else can we find you and stream you? Uh, okay, so Talk Tales, the podcast is on basically all the platforms of wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, you know. Should I list them? (laughs) I don't know. I'm like, I don't even know. Uh, And then, yeah, you could go on TalkTalesThePodcast.com to get any information about what we're up to. And then, oh, Instagram is TalkTalesThePodcast. I'm Shauna Cam on Instagram. You can follow me if you want to see, like, whatever dumb things I'm doing. And I think, yeah, I think that's it. And then I, I want to do a major shout out to Adele, my co-host on Talk Tales. Uh, oh, you'd also, yeah, Adele, what up? <laughs> and then um, also, oh, I want to plug the YouTube stuff too, because we, we did start getting into video stuff. We started reenacting all the bartender stories uh, cool. with actors and in a interview platform. And then if you want to see the videos we've done so far, that's on YouTube under Tucktails entertainment. Brilliant. Okay. Oh, and virtual cocktail classes. I do virtual cocktail classes. So if you want to take a virtual cocktail class with me, um, I do those every day. You can sign up on eventbrite.com and just search on eventbrite cocktail class. It should pop up or search, uh, Cocktails with Cocktails on Eventbrite. Got it. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should probably do the show notes on that one. <laughs> and uh, yes, and then for you, Chris, sure. I almost said Christopher, but I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so um, on the back bar, we're on all major podcast providers, iTunes, Spotify. You can find us on Instagram, on the back bar too. And we have every week on Monday, a new host, a new guest, sorry. So yeah, come along for that. The website is gastronomalifestyle.com. And that's pretty much anything to do with food and drink around the world. Like we need the best advice. So yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I'm also doing cocktail classes. So that'll be on <gasps> Gastron Shut Lifestyle. Up! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm doing a couple of videos with YouTube too. So that's quite exciting. <laughs> 
Dude, I'm pretty sure we should be friends for life. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Done. <laughs> Brilliant. Work. Maybe we should do a collab video at one point. That'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. Can we do like a Zoom collab? Like we can like pass the bottle through and. <laughs> yeah, we'll do the thing where you throw something exactly, in yeah. <laughs> and then another person catches it. <laughs> Love it. Well, it's been great to have you on the show, really. Thank you so much for telling your story. And you as well, Chris. I'm really, really excited to be able to talk to you and hear about everything you're doing across the entire world in a whole day away. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you. You're so fabulous. Much. Enjoy the rest right, of your quarantine. Cheers. Bye. Oh, wait, wait, wait. How do you say cheers in Thailand? Chon. Say what is Chon. It? Chon. It's Chon? C-H-O-N. So yeah, Chon. 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 Yeah. All right. All, All right, right, everyone. Chon. Ciao, ciao. Talk to you. Talk to you. Talk to you. Talk to you.